What's wrong with you people? I'm serious. This is Not Another Baptist Podcast, a weekly podcast about what two pastors are learning in the trenches of church revitalization. This podcast is sponsored in part by our friends at the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Visit swibbits.edu to find out more about what God is doing on Seminary Hill. What's up, Kyle? How are you doing? And I am fantastic. Yeah, we I got to hang out with you this week. It was we did. Uh, somewhat fun. In person. Yeah, in, in the flesh. Yeah, we that, were that in is... the great ABQ for yep. the uh, State Mission Board meeting. Had a good time. It was exciting to hear uh, Brother Baloo and his heart for cooperation and, and building bridges and, and advancing the kingdom. Obviously, there was some great needs that were shared. COVID uh, 2020 was not very kind to a lot yeah. of churches and certainly not very kind uh, to be CNM in our time there, of course, we heard just about all of our numbers were uh, less than half what they yeah. were in 2019. And so the upside, <laughs> I kind of I appreciated his his honesty there was the upside as he said, you know, next year, it'll look like, you know, my first full year here, man, I've come and <laughs> saved the day, baby. <laughs> yeah. It's like because I mean, everything was well over half. Uh, in 2020, yeah. what it was in 2019. And we, you know, we talked about that on the episode for a, a while and a few times was that this has been very tough for a number of churches and other churches during this time thrived. And some of that is dependent upon location, obviously the people that make up your church and perhaps the age of those in your church for us. Uh, this was a time where we thrived and grew and, uh, and we're excited about it. And then just 40 miles away, it has been a struggle for, for you guys yeah. there in Alamo and we're only separated by a mountain really. And, yep. uh, and a few stretches of miles. So, uh, you know, that, that, that has been a difficult thing, but also it was good to hear uh, a heart from all of our uh, leaders there at the BCNM and certainly our uh, new executive director for this desire to continue to plant churches uh, and also continue to strengthen churches, that it has to be both because uh, our our history of maybe planting two or three or four a year and then closing two, three or four a year, uh, obviously that doesn't uh, really accomplish a whole lot in our state. And uh, so we need to be planting multiple churches a year, but also staving off closure uh, for others. And so that's one reason why we have an expert like Kyle Bierman on the show um, to, <laughs> to tell you exactly how not to have to close your church. But Along the way, kind of we said that a little uh, jokingly, sarcastically, but along the way, as church revitalizers, as pastors, as whatever you are at the church, youth pastor, worship pastor, senior pastor, whatever it may be, you might have people that leave. And sometimes somebody leaves and we are sad and, uh, you know, have like the going away potlucks forum and, you know, receiving parties at the end of the service and everybody's crying and sad. And another time somebody leaves and you're like, don't let the door hit you where the good <laughs> Lord split you. And uh, I, I've shared with you, Kyle, uh, you know, a conversation that I had with uh, some pastors recently 
And a number of them were, we, we were just kind of walking through what pastors normally talk about, you know, our families, our churches, you know, what you run it, what you run it, you know, the normal kind of Baptist conversation. And, uh, and along the way, uh, and again, this was just a small sample size. This is just five or six pastors hanging out and just talking uh, shop. And so this is not necessarily uh what, what we're seeing across the board in the Southern Baptist Convention. So I don't want to give that impression, but among these few pastors that we were talking, a lot of us were doing well with our families. Uh, our churches were, were doing okay. Our spiritual life was okay. But, you know, we started digging into the church side of it a little bit like pastors would. And, and you had some that uh, were growing and doing well at their church and then battling, you know, warfare. And, you know, we've talked about that on the show before that when the church is thriving and doing well and reaching people, for Jesus, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, there's this this guy out there named the devil uh, that doesn't want to see that happen. So you tend to face some spiritual attacks, spiritual warfare, that kind of deal. So I was hearing from that. Uh, you also had some that uh, their churches were declining, that they were struggling, certainly with COVID-19, that they had seen a lot of progress, but then suddenly it just took a nosedive and they were depressed. They were disheartened. They were all of that kind of stuff. Then he had one that was just open and vulnerable about being complacent. He said, you know, we're in a good spot and I'm just struggling to really have that kind of mentality of we have to keep going, keep pushing, keep innovating, all of that kind of stuff. And he just was struggling with complacent uh, complacency. And uh, then we had somebody in the chat that uh, wasn't talking. <laughs> so we finally were like, so what about you, Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman? And <laughs> it wasn't Kyle. Uh, this guy just opened up. He's like, uh, I'm just going to be real. Uh, we're burying the wrong people. <laughs> Everybody was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. And uh, so so it kind of went in, you know, went in on the conversation a little bit. And and he said, I'd heard some churches are a few moves or funerals away from health, but the wrong people are moving. The wrong people are dying. And, and I'm just struggling. And so immediately, all of these guys that love Jesus and whatever, like, what are we supposed to say now? <laughs> like, how, how do we respond to this? Like, you want your, you know, do you want people to die? Like, is <laughs> like, what, what are you really saying, brother? But, but in reality, I feel like at times a lot of us, maybe we haven't verbalized it, but we've struggled with it. Like, yeah. you know, a strong family leaves and you're looking at maybe some that are left behind and you're like, man, why'd they have to go? You know, <laughs> like, God, can we, you know, do like a, a trade? <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes it feels like the wrong people hit the road. And, uh, and you've probably heard the adage either among pastors or maybe even in seminary classes about subject uh, <laughs> addition by subtraction. Yeah. All right. Sometimes the right people move and get out of the way. And you can see growth, you can see just an explosion of excitement and all of that kind of stuff, because somebody that was just tearing it down is out of the way. And, uh, and people can, you know, kind of be more comfortable of bringing people or you maybe have a wolf in the midst that, that you kind of drive away. We've shared about that in our experience here a few weeks ago. And so, but there are times that maybe that is true. But and this is what we're going to talk about today. And one of my last seminars at Swibitz, Dr. Priest, who is now the director of the Center for Church Revitalization at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, he pushed back on that idea of addition by subtraction and that it is not always a 
thing to really celebrate. Like, it's not something we want to gloat over. And I pushed back on him. I was like, no, dude. Like, there's sometimes, like, this guy got to go. Did, like, did you call Dr. Priest dude in that moment? Did, did, I don't did think you? I, I okay. got in trouble for calling Dr. <laughs> Yarnell bro on Twitter. So I was probably careful with, with my wording because I'm usually, I'm not that student that ever really argues, but I did argue this one because I was like, man, sometimes it's a phenomenal thing when somebody gets out of the way and, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff. But as we discussed it and everybody in the room kind of pitched in and, and he clarified what he was talking about, it really came down to humility. Yeah. Uh, like we, we aren't God as much as we might like to act like we are. And we don't know what God is always doing. Usually is certainly in the middle of it. Sometimes we can see after it or whatever. Uh, but in the middle of it, we have to be very careful when so-and-so that maybe has been driving us up the wall says, I'm out of here. And we're like, Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and you, you celebrate, you call all your pastor friends, so-and-so's gone. Woo! You know, like you got to be careful with that. Yeah. And that's really what he was, was getting after was this idea of humility. Um, and, uh, and so Kyle, as I shared with you that sometimes it might seem like a good thing uh, when somebody, or especially somebody that's been opposing you in every turn and just bringing down everything when they move on, that it is probably a good thing. Uh, but, we have to be careful here. Yeah, yeah, Why absolutely. Well, so th there, there are a couple of things, right? I, I think one is th there are a couple of lies that we can believe that we have to be very careful about. The first is that all growing things are healthy, Yeah. right? That, that, that if you're growing, you're absolutely healthy, right? Because the mindset behind that is we need to grow sometimes at, at whatever cost, right? No matter, no matter what we have to do, we want to grow. Well, cancer cells grow. That doesn't mean they're healthy, right? And, 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 and so we, we want to make sure that we're not growing in the wrong way or growing in ways that are even toxic to the body. Um, and so sometimes, right? I mean, in, in, the, case of, in the case of cancer, uh, you have to remove that by, by some form or another, right? It, it, but if you allow that to continue to grow unchecked, um, it does great damage to the body and can in fact be fatal. So we, we know that cancer has to be removed. Sometimes in the body, there's cancer. And, and even in a church, there's cancer. Now, again, and I think what Dr. Priest said is right. Now, there are times where that cancer needs to be removed, Right. Where, um, you know, we talked about we, we never want to leave. We never want to lose sheep. But sometimes our churches are infiltrated by wolves as well, yeah. who, who really who have no interest in seeing people grow in godliness and holiness. They're maybe just interested in, in the, the power that they can have, the influence that they can have. Um, and that's not healthy. We, we, yeah. we want to grow churches in health, not just numerically. And, and I would argue that those two things aren't. Um, they're not mutually exclusive, but, but they're not necessarily the same thing, right? But you can grow healthier without necessarily growing larger in, in numbers. And so I, I, I get what he's saying. And I completely agree. You'd never want to celebrate someone leaving for the, for wrong reasons, right? So, so like if, if, if you lose a troubling church member, you never want to celebrate that. Now there are times to celebrate people leaving. We can get to that in a minute. Um, but you, you don't want to, oh man, I'm so glad 
we're rid of those people, right? Rid of that family. Yeah, because you just sent them to somebody else. To, yes. <laughs> to, to ruin their life. So if you're going to celebrate that, brothers, you also need to send flowers and date <laughs> night and like a, a gift card to a counseling and, center to whoever you have yeah. sent them to. And, and sometimes, sometimes it's nothing more than, I mean, even as pastors, right? We, we are not immune to personality clashes with people. Sometimes, you know, maybe a member's leadership style that, that for whatever reason, it's just not a fit in the, the church culture that you're creating. And, and that's okay. Right. And so you never want to make it seem like if they're not on board with your vision, they're not on board with the Holy spirit. Um, I've been in churches or I've, I've, I've followed some pastors where that was the case, right? Where um, if you're not on board with their vision, you're not on board with the Holy Spirit. We, we are not the Holy Spirit, right? We want to lead in, in godly counsel, but we are not infallible. And so, you know, we never want to make it seem like, well, unless you're with me, you might not really be a believer, right? And so hopefully, I mean, I mean, anytime I've had someone leave and, and have had that hard conversation where they said, we've decided to go to another church. I mean, as much as that, that pains me. And as much as maybe I want to lash out in anger and, and say, how dare you? Or, or even yes, finally, right? No, it's, it's oh, the, the, the correct response to that is I'm sorry. You know, if, if I've, if I've offended you, if I've done something wrong, I'm terribly sorry, but I hope you find a place where you can serve and grow. And, and that's where you, you release them. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's where, you know, with this idea of humility is important and comes into play is is really we we have two enemies in our churches uh, and, and it is rarely and I would say it's never going to be a church member. Typically, I mean, like, like you said, you might have a wolf, uh, but your your greatest enemy in a church is the evil one is yep. Satan and yourself. And, uh, and, and so it, it is easy then when somebody opposes us, when, right, we've got this great idea, Vision 2020, you know, we saw how that worked out. Yeah. We've got this great idea, <laughs> great graphic, all that kind of stuff. You start leading out and somebody then opposes it. And instead of trying to maybe uh, discuss with them, maybe learn from them, see if there's some kind of common ground there, uh, maybe move through those things. Or can we just agree to disagree that this is what we're going to do, but you're still going to be a part of it or not be a part of whatever it may be. Uh, it, just don't take that bait of making that person on the same level yeah. as Satan. You yeah. know, the, the person we need to be opposing is the enemy and the pride within ourselves. And yeah. so that, that's something that's, that's, that's not easy. And there's going to be some tension there. There's going to be some strong opposition, especially if you're leading change, you know, you know, for, for us, we've, we've grown, and so because of that growth, there's been things that we had to do to ultimately facilitate that growth, you know, and especially in a church revitalization setting, you've usually got those last remaining folks that, you know, we, we ain't going to sell this church. We ain't going to be moved. We're here until the yeah. bitter end. And, and then you're trying to reach people that that are out in the community and so forth. And this is what you're kind of bringing them into. And so there's certain changes that you're going to be making along the way. New logo, maybe cleaning out the carpet that's been there since Jesus walked the earth or changing the, you know, the, the tiles and the ceiling that got all the water stains on them, whatever it may be. There's certain changes that you're going to be making along the way and changing maybe how you're doing children's church or not doing children's church or 
you know, whatever it might be, changing from a pulpit to a table, like, you know, Kyle did at his church because he doesn't like Jesus. And, uh, <laughs> and so when you make those changes, there is going to absolutely be some measure of opposition. It may be so much opposition that you're like, maybe this change isn't what we need to make right now. Or it might just be that kind of nagging negative Nancy that you're just going to have to deal with on Monday morning because you preach too long or you said a joke or whatever it might be. And, uh, and so sometimes that opposition may very well be influenced by the enemy, but we have to be careful here. Just yeah. because somebody opposes you doesn't mean that somewhat, somehow they are just immediately possessed by the devil and we need to just <laughs> string them up. You know, like that's not the way it works. It could just be an adverse reaction to change or, you know, it, it might be an unmet expectation. It might be the fact that, hey, my kids are gone. My family's gone. Nobody's here. And, and now you've taken away way hymns from me or yeah. you know now we've got padded chairs and I was saved on this pew you know that kind of stuff that it's yeah. not just they're <laughs> possessed by Satan it's that there's some unmet expectation there right. that you can work through Kyle? right and and I think sometimes not not always but sometimes that conflict um, can be evidence of spiritual or emotional immaturity. Right. I mean, so, you know, if, if someone feels like a deep connection to a pew, we, I, I, there's some reasons behind that. Right. And you don't want to just write it off. You want to um, you, you want to make sure that that you're exploring kind of those those deeper connections. Right. And that's why. So in the work of replanning, some of the essential characteristics that we'll talk about are tactical patients. Right. There, there are some things. That, that if you're wrestling with that, you've got to change it right now, right? If there are like big doctrinal things, you, th those, some of those can't wait. The color of the carpet, pews versus uh, chairs, pulpit versus pub table. You don't have to make all those right now. Some of those can wait. And, and in fact, some of those, if you never get to, the, to changing them, it's going to be okay. I don't think the Holy Spirit's going to be hindered because people are sitting in pews rather than in chairs, right? Um, uh, uh, we talk about emotional intelligence, and that is um, the ability to to understand people and and deal with the emotional side of people and understand the work of replanting and ministry in general. You're dealing with a lot of emotions because places have um, places have value. Right. I mean, like you said, grandparents will talk about that. Um, they'll remember grandkids getting baptized in that baptistry. Right. It's the same reason. Why, why did why did both of us just go to to Disney World? Because we made memories there. Right. It's, it's a cool place. And I like wasting money. Yeah, <laughs> the best shirt I saw. It said uh, "most ir financially irresponsible day ever." <laughs> yeah, Some dad sure. was right. I said, "Oh, that's fantastic," but 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 it's the same thing, right? Places can hold emotional value for us, and so if you're talking about relocating, that you're talking about moving and and losing some of those um, those emotional memories, and and. I'm not saying that's a reason to or not to to do something like that, but you've just got to be willing to to, to have walk that conversation. through conversation. Yeah. yeah, and then and then finally, willingness to confront. Right? Um, if if you have someone that's creating issues in the church, it doesn't typically. It's not going to help to just let them 
foster discord and disunity. You have to confront them, not in an angry way, right? Not and regardless of how they're reacting to you, you don't respond in kind. We're, we're as pastors, we have to model what it looks like to respond in the fruits of the spirit with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Whatever. Uh, and, and we <laughs> and we we model that, right? Yeah. Because the end result is should always be we want we want our church to grow in Christ-likeness. We want our church members to grow in Christ-likeness. And, and sometimes that's not going to happen under our leadership. And we need to know that. But I, yeah, just like what we've talked about, right? Not everyone's going to be on board through the whole process. That's just a reality. And uh, people, I, yeah, go ahead. I know that Kyle and I, we, we've both been youth pastors at various times. And, uh, you know, in, in ministry for me since I was 16, and I've had every type of leader in the book, the guy that just didn't care what anybody did. He, he was just content to showing up on Sunday morning at 11 a.m., would preach his little sermon and go home. Uh, and then I've had the one that controlled each and everything that happened at the church, you know, like a straight up drill sergeant. And, uh, and I, obviously it's got to be a healthy balance somewhere in between all of that. We are the pastor. We are the leader. We also have to remember that we're, we're, we're still a sheep too. <laughs> and so we, we are not, uh, infallible as, as Kyle said. And so it's not just a matter of, we are going to just go on this 10 mile march and you are either with us or just get off the bus. Uh, you know, we're, we're done. Uh, it is also to be a true leader, a godly leader. I mean, we look at Christ, <laughs> the disciples that he had that never got it, rarely got it while he was on earth, you know, and still we're struggling after he had died and rose again. I mean, he is still leading them and bringing them on with him. And so sometimes as a leader, we march forward. And, and some are going to fall away and, and not, we're not saying fall away from the faith or whatever, but fall away and, and get off board. Uh, but perhaps it's also leading at a speed that we can still be encouraging those people that are on the fence or maybe even the foes. And so instead of being that drill sergeant, that it's my, my way and no highway option, we want to be leading our people to these de decisions and these changes that we're making. And, uh, and so we just want to take this as a moment to encourage you with three things, I think, as, as Kyle just said, some of the emotional intelligence and some of that. Don't jump right to that third one on confront. Like some of us really like confrontation, like Kyle and I aren't really that person, but don't, don't be that guy that's like you heard everything that we said, and then you just said, oh, confront and go right now to confront them like right at the front door. Like that's not what we're saying. Yeah, we get to that point too. But three things that we want to encourage you to do is one, stay focused. Those of you that have heard what we've written or what Nam Replant puts out, know the whole line, preach, pray, love, and stay, unless you're Kyle Beerman, uh, and it's just preach, pray, and love. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kyle, I love you. Uh, but uh, as you aim to see God revitalize the church, it's his church. We that's, that's one thing we have to remember. As you aim to see God revitalize the church, you're pastoring. Stay focused on those four main things, preaching, praying, loving, yes, even the hard to love, and staying. It's easy yeah. to let a few naysayers or whatever, like you get all of those uh, opposition uh, forces or whatever, you just see them as so many people that are just like, I'm done. I'm going to Lubbock, uh, you know, or whatever it might be. Uh, you, you'll throw in the towel too soon, but instead stay focused. That's number two, or that's number one. Kyle, what's the second one? The second one is don't give up on anyone. Um, you're going to have fans. 
you're going to have foes and you're going to have those who uh, haven't decided about you yet. <laughs> Maybe even if you've been there four or five years, they still just don't know, yeah. right? They're, they're going to be on the fence. Um, and so you're going to have fans that will, that will love you no matter what. Right. I mean, they're they are in your corner. You're going to have foes that will not like you no matter what. Right. So, I mean, you, you've got to know they'll like you when you say I resign. That's right. That's yeah. the one time yeah. they'll like you. Yeah. But I mean, that's just that's the reality of ministry. Right. You're, you're going to have people that are in your corner who will support you no matter what. You're going to have people who will not support you no matter what. Um, but you, you've, you've got to remember that no matter where somebody is, they are made in the image of God. And as a member of your church, you are called to shepherd them. Now that's not always easy. It's going to be easier with some than others, but that doesn't mean we get to write off those whom, who, who are difficult, right? We, we're called to shepherd everyone. And so uh, passages like, like uh, Philippians one, six, knowing that God's not going to quit on them, just like he's not going to quit on you. Uh, that, that should help us persevere through some of those difficult relationships that we have. Yeah. And then finally, and, and this really is kind of tied into that. Don't give up on, on yourself. You know, remember how this person who you only see what maybe they say or say about you or whatever, and, and they, they make you want to quit that kind of deal. Remember that God knows everything that you said and thought <laughs> and everything else and didn't give up on you. Uh, and so you don't need to give up on yourself either. You're putting in the hard work and sermon prep, right? Every Monday rolls around. That's, that's kind of the difference of being a senior pastor and a youth pastor other than 40 K is <laughs> every, every Monday, you got to get back in there and write another sermon and, uh, and deal with another round of people dying or this person and upset or whatever it might be. You're putting in all of that hard work. You're training your people to share their, their faith, uh, all, all of that sort of thing. And, and as you are leading and face opposition, it, it just is going to feel like you're not enough and that it's an attack on, on you and, and who you truly are. But your, your identity is not in what someone else thinks of you. Your identity is in Christ and in Christ alone. And so that so-and-so sends you the negative email or, you know, grabs you out right after the sermon, whatever it be. Uh, Just remember for a little bit of encouragement, Spurgeon's words, uh, if anyone thinks ill of you, don't be mad at them because you're far worse than they think you to be. I love how encouraging that is, Uh, but but it is true. Uh, And so we have to instead stay lashed to the cross. Remember that our identity and our worth, our value, everything is in Christ not so-and-so's opinion of you. And so we have to stay in the fight and maybe by God's grace, because many of these, it will be a downright miracle. And it would make continuationist of both of us if some of these folks will, will come around. But maybe you might see that foe become a friend yeah. or, and, and sometimes just as, or probably more likely, God might be using that person to keep you humble and reliant on him. Kyle, any final words? No, you you know, other than just, um, just love people well. And and like I, I told the state mission board this earlier this week, I I preached to our church a couple weeks ago, you know, the, the great command for us to love God and love people. Um, Sometimes people are difficult to love. And if we're honest, I think we would have to admit sometimes we can be difficult to love as well. And so uh, we're, we're just to be reminded that God loves us unconditionally. He sent his son 
to, to pay the sacrifice for our, be the sacrifice for our sins, pay the way for us to be reconciled to God, uh, even when we were sinners, even when we were difficult to love. And then we're just to, um, to reflect that love to those around us. And that means those that are friends always, that means those that are foes and everywhere in between. So love people well, preach, pray, love, and stay. God bless you guys. Your name. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Kyle, congratulations. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to say this when it actually goes live, but as of today, April 21st, congratulations on not being in last place. Hey, that's right. Yes, yes, that's right. The Rangers are not in last place. We're not in first, but But, we're not in last place. We're spelling something, though. (laughs) Yes. Right now, currently, the AL West spells sloth, Seattle, Los Angeles, Oakland, Texas, and Houston. That'll preach right there. Outstanding. Yeah. Yes, it will. All right, man. Well, may may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Thanks for listening in and don't quit. Don't quit. Stick it up. God bless you guys. Be nice to people. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We want to connect with you on Facebook at Not Another Baptist Podcast or on Twitter at NAB underscore podcast or our website at notanotherbaptistpodcast.com. Until next week, we encourage you to check out csbible.com to learn about the Christian Standard Bible, our favorite translation for its blend of readability and accuracy. Have a great day and God bless. What's wrong with you people?